A very pleasant day to everyone, and welcome to the Tough Talk podcast. Uh, Tough Talk will be a series that will air every Thursday morning here on ZJB Radio. And essentially, we'll be looking at various issues, both local issues and international issues, and really digging down and exploring various facets or various faces, if you prefer, of these particular issues. Now, podcasts will be aired on ZJB Radio as stated, and it's a paid-for segment by yours truly. And as I said, this will be happening every Thursday right here on ZJB Radio. Now, today for our first episode, I want to look into an issue that is pretty topical, actually. The issue of the governor of Montserrat, His Excellency Andrew Pierce, and he gave a presentation on Radio Montserrat in an interview with ZJB's morning man, Basil Chambers. Well, I listened to the interview, and I commented, actually, that the interview was clear, it was focused. Uh, I said I like the governor's speak, quite frankly. He's very forthright. There was no ambiguity. And what I said is that he gave a very powerful and an eye-opening interview with Basil right here on ZJB Radio. Now, there has been a lot of upset, for want of a better term, following the governor's interview, because there are some individuals, and especially because it is political season, there are some individuals who feel that the governor should not have said what he stated at this, at this particular point in time. And it is one of those conversations, really, that you sit back and you observe the players and the individuals that are stating these things, and it makes you wonder what exactly is their issue with the fact that the governor stated factually that projects are coming for Montserrat with monies that have been approved for Montserrat. I consulted the constitution of Montserrat. As many of you know, uh, I did a series recently in conjunction with the Office of the Legislature where we looked at the constitution, democracy, and the rights afforded here for democracy to thrive on Montserrat. And I consulted the constitution, and I saw nothing within the constitution that said the governor cannot speak or share his opinion even on the issues to do with development. And more, particular, more particularly so, it is the governor of Montserrat that is the ultimate individual in charge of Her Majesty's funds and how they are dispersed here on the island. The interview began by Basil asking the governor essentially about the capital projects to come. Mr. Governor, recently we've been hearing a lot about uh, the capital projects due to get started. It seems like everyone is taking credit for them and the 200 million EC dollars allocated. This will certainly bring uh, lots of jobs, which is very good for Montserrat. But is Montserrat equipped right now to handle coordinating all of these? What do we need to do to make sure everything goes smoothly? And in response to Basil's question, this is what Governor Pierce responded accordingly. Uh, I think it is a big challenge. Uh, it's 30 million pounds, 30 million UK pounds, so roughly 100 million EC dollars is the main capital investment program called, called CIPREG, uh, which is a DFID-funded program for five years. Um, and uh, that does, as part of that sum of money, uh, roughly 10%, I think, is set aside, two to three million pounds, to pay for, I suppose you'd call it, the coordination, really, the consultancy advice and the and the sort of uh, the administrative support. And that should be and is going to be a mix of Montserrat technical expertise and knowledge and feel here 
together with some specific expertise, particularly in a field like the hospital, new hospital. Clearly, we haven't built one of those before ourselves in a bespoke way here, apart from Plymouth in the more distant past. So you need, you, you need expertise on that. I think the key is a partnership. I don't think either, either, either the external expertise could deliver this alone without the knowledge and feel and understanding of Montserrat. And I don't think the, probably to be honest, in most cases, our own internal island expertise can deliver. Certainly not the really bigger and more complex projects like the uh, hospital and the port uh, without some external expertise. So partnership, I think, is, is the key in simple terms there. Now, as we've heard for ourselves, His Excellency the Governor Andrew Pearce confirmed during his chat with Basel that indeed, £30 million, the equivalent of £100 million Eastern Caribbean dollars, has been approved and agreed for Montserrat over a period of five years, which I think is a good thing for the island. It is a good thing because for quite some time, the people of the island have been crying that they're in need of projects, capital projects particularly, to see development thrive for the island, to bring jobs for individuals and families on the island, to put disposable income into the pockets of workers and other laborers on the island. So if we are true lovers of Montserrat, the fact that finally we have a capital investment program to happen for Montserrat is indeed a positive and a wonderful thing. What I have found interesting, and not just with this dispensation, but also with anything over the last few years that have happened that may seem to be a positive thing for Montserrat, there seems to be a love affair with conversations that seem to want to keep Montserrat warped in this negative engagement. The people have asked for development, and now that development is coming, there is this chorus that is now saying, well, this is not the development we want, or why is this development coming now, or this development is a political gimmick. And as I stated earlier in my introduction, it makes you wonder, like, these are the very same individuals that are coming forward and talking about love for Montserrat and wishing to see Montserrat progress, but at the same time, when a progressive action is taken to move the island forward despite the challenges, the very same voices are the biggest naysayers from within the room. Let us explore a bit more of this £30 million. And of course, we know that the entire uh, capital expenditure for Montserrat amounts to over $200 million, actually, Eastern Caribbean dollars, considering other finances coming in from the European Development Fund, etc., and the, the UK SIF program. Now, the House of Commons, the Foreign Affairs Committee, they had a report, and I, may, I will consult it here for you. It's the Global Britain and British Overseas Territories Resetting the Relationship. Government Response to the Committee's 15th Report. And in that particular report, and I will read for you what they said, and I will read the entire paragraph, actually, that includes Montserrat, so kindly do bear with me. The UK's responsibility to promote inter alia the economic development of the overseas territories flows not just from international law, but also from our shared history and political commitment to the well-being of all British nationals. DFID works in partnership with those territories that need support to provide assistance with the aim of helping them achieve sustainable, inclusive growth, reduce financial dependence on the UK wherever this is possible. With regard to Montserrat, this is what they said. The United Kingdom's government is committed to supporting Montserrat's path to self-sufficiency. 
the new DFID-funded Capital Investment Program for Resilient Economic Growth, otherwise known as CBREG, as we've called it, for Montserrat, will provide 30 million over five years for strategic infrastructure development on Montserrat to support economic growth, enhance resilience against natural disasters, and promote the role of the private sector. It goes on to say, this support is vital to ensure Her Majesty's government is delivering on its commitment to meet the reasonable assistance needs of Montserrat and supporting its sustainable economic growth and prosperity. The program will support the government of Montserrat's economic growth strategy, thereby improving the island's prospects for self-sufficiency by helping to achieve the target economic growth of 3.5%. So there it is being stated by the UK government DFID officials themselves that this money has been approved despite whatever individuals within the political spectrum opposing and challenging and seeking to be the repetitive and perpetual deniers of progress against their very own island's development. Now, Basil went on to ask a question regarding expertise and labor to come from some of these projects. Uh, do you think that we have the expertise in labor, though, or would, would we have to bring in more, more uh, workforce? What I admire most about Governor Andrew Pierce during the interview on ZJB Radio was that he's a very direct individual. And what he stated makes perfect sense in that with the projects to come, it will be a mixture of local expertise and also some requirements for international expertise to be brought in. And it is not something that is unique for Montserrat because even in other developing nations around the world, sometimes there's not always, and especially when it comes to high-level engineering projects, such as a port, uh, such as a hospital and so forth, there's not always the local expertise. But as the governor stated, there are individuals, contractors in Montserrat that will gain employment. And these contractors who gain employment, they hire people. So therefore, people on Montserrat will be put to work. These are positive things that are happening for our island. It behooves me that individuals will be upset that these projects will be coming on stream for Montserrat. Hear, hear what he says. I guess it depends on which individual project. I mean, when it comes to, if you take the hospital, the basic footings, clearance, groundwork, I guess the majority of the wall and roof construction, once you've got the design and the materials imported, can and could well be done by our construction companies here. They've done some big jobs, and there's a, there's a lot of them active here. Uh, so probably that side of it could be done. The actual more technical fit out of the hospital, I'm not an expert, but from what we've been hearing in discussions, I suspect that probably would need a bit more sort of uh, particular expert uh, expert assistance and I guess particularly with things like the port you know the the dredging the calibration the the, the testing of a structure in what would be what is it nine meters 30 30 feet or something isn't it mm -hmm. uh, 30, 30 40 feet of, of uh, very uh, rough seawater it's nobody's fault here but I don't think we have that expertise to do those things when it comes to roads and bridges from what I see we're pretty nifty at that, especially if we can get that tarmacking plant. I think uh, you guys call it a hot mix plant. I think if we get that uh, fully uh, operational again, that sort of work I think is very well within our grasp. But the technical fit out of the hospital, 
um, the construction of the breakwater and sea defense component of a port, I would say I'm not an expert, but my instinct is we've got to have external help. Now you've heard of 200 million Eastern Caribbean dollars to be spent over a period of five years. And you may be wondering where exactly these funds are coming from. And I think it's important to break that down. There's 18 million euros from the European Union Development Fund. There's the 14.4, let me rephrase that, million pounds from the UK SIF program. And the 30 million pounds also over the five years from the CPREG program, which you've been speaking about. And there's also 5 million infrastructure priority fund. And I think the governor also, during his conversation on ZJB the other day, made the distinction. Here, AG. Don't mean to confuse listeners, but the port is not part of the SIPREG package, of course. The port is a, is a different separate component uh, funded by the Caribbean Development Bank using uh, DFID's uh, 100 million grant, I think it gave about three years ago, to the region to enhance resilience against storms. Um, the, the port, uh, I mean, every, everybody has their own view on what is the best exact shape of a jetty and size of a marina and things, but if I'm honest on that, I think the, personally, the design that we were working towards that uh, was the basis for the uh, approval of the project last year is a pretty good balance. It seems to work really nicely to me for Montserrat in that it can take or should be able to take, you know, a reasonably sized cruise ship, the sort of high-end rather lovely, beautiful uh, sailing ships that we get through, two, three hundred passengers perhaps of that order. I think that is spot on personally. I don't mean to transgress into the, the area of responsibility of uh, ministers' uh, res uh, responsibilities here, but um, to me that's spot on for Montserrat. It is right, the right balance, the right scale. It would preserve the rather lovely character of Little Bay. I love sitting down there in those restaurants in the evening, watching the sunset seeing the sea, seeing the, the boats bobbing. I don't want to see a huge wharf and a vast warehouse complex, the sort of thing that you'd need to take the 4,000 passenger, um, you know, those bigger things, was it Norway Lines or something, I think it's called, those, those huge ships. I don't personally, it's nothing against the companies, but I don't think that is right if I had the decision for Montserrat. So my feeling is that that type of project is absolutely calibrated correctly. And when they are completed, uh, you say, well, how would that leave the island? Well, my hope and sense would be that would leave the island with significantly better infrastructure, more resilient, and better matched to the economic activity we want to see. A nice, good, clear match uh, to, to that and supporting that, including fiber optic. So you, you have it all as a package. Those four or five projects in CIPREG, that's the, the DFID 30 million investment program, plus the, the port, together really give us a good package. It's not 100%, it probably never is in life, but it's a pretty good package. About the question as to whether the United Kingdom has been doing enough for Montserrat over the 24 years of our island's redevelopment. I recall writing several articles over the years challenging DFID to do more for Montserrat because I was of the opinion and remain of the opinion that for sustainability to be enshrined and to thrive, a capital investment program such as what we have now, or what I termed it at the time, was an economic stimulus, a stimulus package, needs to be injected into the Montserrat economy so as to stir 
the engine of growth. Because economies don't just churn on their own. There needs to be plans, there needs to be programs, and more importantly, the finances, the funding has to be in place to really get people to work, get spending happening within the economy, so folks could see how they could realize the opportunities that would become afforded to them. So here it is that such an instance has happened, is happening, with the monies that have been approved and are on the table for finally some sort of economic development to happen for Montserrat. And Basil touched on that also. Many people say the British government has not provided the necessary support to allow Montserrat to become self-sufficient. What do you say to that, Mr. Governor? And would you say British support is appropriate or sufficient? Um, well, I mean, uh, in an ideal world, uh, I think you come to a, a lovely island like Montserrat, 24 years is it now, after the first volcanic eruption? I think it's about that. Um, you know, I, I guess in an ideal world, you'd say, well, we should have a really rinky-dink airport and the port should be already operating. And although the hospital does very well where it is in that Glendon site, it's clearly not a, a fully fit-for-purpose and comfortable, comfortable operation there. So I think we would all accept that in an ideal world, we would have been a bit further on than that. Um, I certainly would say that on a personal basis as a governor here. But I'm also conscious that if I look to my home village in Cornwall, Cornwall's a county in the west of England where my mum lives there, you know, that village also has a number of challenges and problems and so it, so did the town I grew up in on the other side of the country, a rural county in England called, called Norfolk. There, there were challenges there, that's part of life. And I suppose speaking frankly, you asked me to speak frankly. So what did the governor decide to speak frankly about that has seemingly upset so many people? but more importantly, upset those within the political spectrum who've been trotting on a platform of dishonest engagement. Listen to what H.E. said. You know, Britain is not uh, a fully wealthy uh, country that can just sort of wave a wand and pull the money out of the coffers and do everything we would all like, whether here in the UK or for all of our associated family of territories. So I, I think uh, we would accept that. But I think, in a sense, um, perhaps parking a little bit the debate about exactly the level of progress in the past, where we are now, the 30 million pounds or 100 million EC dollars, plus the extra for the port and the European Union uh, support, is a good chunk for Montserrat to absorb. And you can feel that. Um, it's actually quite, quite a hard and tough process to bring these projects to the point where they can actually break ground as we've seen with fiber optic. So we need to be realistic about that. And um, I, I think the, the coming two, three, four years should see a, a qualitative change. So there you have it, folks. Confirmation from the individual, affirmation from the individual, who is the ultimate custodian of Her Majesty the Queen's, the UK taxpayers' monies here on Munsterat, how these monies are spent. The governor confirmed that indeed a capital investment project is on the table for Munserat. The governor affirmed that these monies will be transformational for the island in finally getting to take the island forward. 
There are individuals within the political spectrum who have been giving you, the public, much misrepresentation as regards these monies, whether or not they have been approved and whether or not projects are actually happening. The governor has participated in the functions that are afforded to him. The Constitution has not decreed that the governor cannot state facts that are within his remit. And that is the facts, as you've heard, regarding the monies that have been agreed. So I want to thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Tough Talk with yours truly, Jeevan Robinson. We'll be back next week, Thursday, with yet another episode. Thank you.